0: Psalm 130 Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you, so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. Isaiah chapter 28, verses 9 through 13. Whom will he teach knowledge, and to whom will he explain the message? Those who are weaned from milk, those who are taken from the breast, For it is precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here is a little, there is a little. Truly with stammering lip and with alien tongue he will speak to his people, to whom he has said, This is rest, give rest to the weary, and this is repose. Yet they would not hear. Therefore the word of the Lord will be to them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line here a little, there a little, in order that may, they may go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 7-19 through 19. The end of all things is near. Therefore be serious and discipline yourselves for the sake of your prayers. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, for love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Like good stewards of the manifold grace of God, serve one another with whatever gift each of you has received. Whoever speaks must do so as one speaking the very words of God. Whoever serves must do so with the strength that God supplies, so that God may be glorified in all things through Jesus Christ. To him belong the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among among you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as the, you are sharing Christ's sufferings, so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when His glory is, re, is revealed. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the Spirit of glory, which is the Spirit of God, is resting on you. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, a criminal, or even a mischief maker. Yet if any of you suffers as a Christian, do not consider it a grace. A disgrace but glorify god because you bear this name for the time has come for judgment to begin with the household of god if it begins with us what will be the end for those who do not obey the gospel of god and if it is hard for the righteous to be saved what will become of the ungodly and the sinners therefore let those suffering in accordance with god's will and trust themselves to be a faithful creator while continuing to do good Good morning and welcome to the first Thursday after Pentecost. This is Brother Logan Isaac, broadcasting from Frederick, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from Psalm 130, Isaiah 28, and 1 Peter 4. And this is the first day, uh, I think, yeah, the first day uh, where we have in the Revised Common Lectionary a choice between a continuous reading of Scripture or a complementary reading of Scripture. And First Formation follows the complementary reading. Um, looking for the the themes that the rcl editors uh, are laying down whereas the continuous um, tries to read in you know kind of a chronological or a canonical order um, I don't know if it's the whole Bible in it must not be that's a lot of reading um, but just know that first formation goes by the um, complementary reading if you're using like daily lectio or um, I use the Vanderbilt University Library um, resource, um, and so it, it it tries to draw on themes um, each for each of the daily readings. And this is the first one because Thursday, Friday, Saturday marks the first um, Sunday of Ordinary Time, um, because last Sunday was Trinity Sunday, and the Sunday before that was Pentecost, and so. Um, for the show, I, I count the weeks following Pentecost. Um, you could also uh, follow the weeks of ordinary time, which is like one less. And there's also this like proper calendar that I don't totally understand. I think it's very, I think it's like a British thing, but um, it it's in the BCP and uh, there's each week is a different proper and it marks out about, about 30 um, weeks or 30 propers that um, each week has its own prayer and, and call it. Um, but this morning in the readings, uh, in the first Peter reading, um, it's noteworthy because it's the first time in the Bible, in the New Testament, where uh, the word Christian, the earliest, like the Gospels were written later, but um, the first time that this word Christian is used um, by the community itself um, the, according to Acts, the uh, other people began calling um, Jesus' followers Christians as a pejorative, as a put-down. It begins in Antioch, and Antioch apparently has a uh, a reputation for coming up with nicknames. Um, it's such that when uh, Jesus is before um, uh, Herod Agrippa can't remember for sure. But when Jesus is on trial, um, uh, he's asked, like, oh, are you trying to make—or, I'm sorry, not on trial. It's um, when Paul is talking to one of the the governors, and the governor says, are you trying to make me a Christian? Um, and clearly he's heard uh, of this nickname that the Antiochians have given the Christians. And in Greek, it's Christian, Christianos. And it takes uh, the the name Christ, which is uh, which means anointed, um, which is this borrowed idea from um, Judaism. Uh, the The Messiah was to be anointed and uh, would rule at the right hand of God. Um, and so, the the Greeks and the Romans said, "Oh, okay, so the the anointed one." And so, saying Masiach, um, we'll say Christos because that's what it means to be an anointed one. And the suffix in Christianos uh, anos, uh, is, um denotes a possessive relationship. Uh, the, the person who is the anos uh, is owned by or totally controlled by you know whoever. So it's like saying of Fred, you know from um, from Handmaid's Tale. you know that's it's an ownership relationship of Fred and of John, and of whatever, uh, it's like that of uh, you know prefix, except with Christianus it's a suffix. And so what the Antiochians were saying was these people are owned by uh, this anointed one, and people all saw what happened to the anointed one, just like the other messianic claimants, he was crucified and killed, and clearly that is proof to the world that he wasn't, an anointed one, and so it was this put down because it was like this tongue-in-cheek reference, like, "Oh yeah, the ones who serve the anointed one." Um, and uh, the the governor, of course, has already heard this. Paul has heard it, um, and it was a put down for you know several decades. Um, the the author of Luke and Acts is probably um, picking up on it later, but it's in First Peter where we see that. It's used within a context, within a social context, at the time of being still being used as a pejorative. And so the author says, if any of you suffers as a Christianos, do not consider it a disgrace. So that encouragement shows us that it was a disgrace to be called a Christianos. Um, and first Peter is saying, look, don't. Don't buy into the world's definition of it. Instead, glorify God because you bear this name. You are owned by Christ. You serve Christ. Um, and that's something to be proud of. Even if the world doesn't understand that, take pride in this word. Um, and it's, it's not unlike how other oppressed and marginalized cultures um, take away the meaning of a word um, and use it for their own purposes, and take control of it as a, a way of um, you know self determination, as as a way of owning themselves and taking control over um, the word that once controlled them. You know, you think of the N word, or you think of you know when I was a kid, um, uh, body-born in, in California, um, we were called spongers by the surfers, and it was supposed to imply you know soft, phallic kind of stuff. And within within, you know, a year or two, the bodyboarding crowd, particularly through like no friends and the rest, um, they just started calling themselves spongers. And they owned it. Much like this word Christianos, um, in a much more lighthearted way than the N word, um, this is what's going on in the early church. And first Peter is saying, Look, where it is a badge of honor. Um, don't consider it a disgrace, um, because, you know, for at the not the least, because it's true. We do serve Christ. He does own us. He does watch over us. Um, it's not an, uh, a relationship of control and domination. It's control. It's a relationship relationship of dominion and responsibility. <clears throat> By um, taking on Christ, Christ takes on us. Take, Christ takes responsibility for us. Um, there's all these images of the end times where. Uh, We'll all stand before the judgment seat, and if we have been true to Christ, Christ will be true to us, and Christ will advocate for us. Um, And that's what I mean when I say Jesus takes responsibility over us. Jesus takes dominion over his body. Um, And as members, we should not be ashamed um, that we bear this name. Um, And, of course, in the Millennia or centuries since, of course, that's become a name that we've taken on. And as we've gained power and we kind of, you know, wield power over others, that name has become corrupt as well. So it's not, you know, a, uh, a final thing. You know, it's not uh, said and done that this name always and every time means what we want it to mean. Um, that's the nature of language, that's the nature of culture, and the nature of. Um, you know the way uh, you know we move through time as a people belonging to God. Um, just as Israel um, failed, you know, many times we too will fail, um, and that that name is no longer um, one that is used over us. It still may be uh, a disgrace to use it because so many people might abuse uh, the name Christian. To make it mean something that it doesn't mean, um, and to um, leverage it to get power over other people, and that's not what Christ did. Uh, that's never what Christ had done. Even when he was at the trial, um, he never called down a legion of angels and said, "I'm, I'm Christ. You know, hear me roar, kind of thing." Um, and so, being a Christian is to be named as one who is owned by. Who is um, protected by Christ, uh, the Anointed One, the Son of God? It is not to, um, you know, uh, to behave in such a way that other people need protection from us. It's not uh, to be a Christian. Is not to uh, grab at power, um, to to grasp at the likeness of God and the power of God, but to let it go. Um, and to allow people to demean us and to take uh, that degradation um, and stand up to it and, and, and subvert it from below, uh, not to try and take ownership of from above. A Prayer for the Oppressed from the Book of Common Prayer Look with pity, O Heavenly Father, upon the people in this land who live with injustice terror, disease, and death as their constant companions. Have mercy upon us. Help us to eliminate our cruelty to these, our neighbors. Strengthen those who spend their lives establishing equal protection of the law and equal opportunities for all. And grant that every one of us may enjoy a fair portion of the riches of this land. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.